most of us are living from our unquestioned assumptions. Until something happens in our experience that causes us to question, to move from that place of unquestioned assumptions to acknowledging that something in our experience needs our attention. Something breaks open and in our own direct experience, we say to ourselves, I really don't know anything at all. There is a recognition of why there can't be an answer to be found here. If you come to terms with the fact that there is no answer, the, the quality of seeking has dissipated. The flame has gone out, so to speak. But beyond language, there is a wordless reality. Whatever it is that may appear, whatever it is that may not appear, it's all part and parcel. The necessary movements of consciousness as it unfolds itself and expresses itself in infinite form and variety, it's all just interacting with itself. You don't need to be any one way. Who you fundamentally are is untouchable. Welcome to the Non-Duality Podcast. Nick Hyam here from nisagayoga.com. In this episode, our guest is Bradley Bemis, an Orlando-based spiritual author, teacher, and guide. Thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. Um, and, and great to be here. I, I really enjoy uh, talking about these things. On your website, awakeningintolife.com, you write about the fluid nature of the awakening process and describe it as a continuum of conscious awareness. You've identified five distinct stages of the spiritual journey. Sleeping, seeking, awakening, deepening, and ceasing. Let's begin by exploring sleeping. Yeah, the, the continuum of, of conscious awareness is really just something that I started to um, put together based on my own experience, uh, a recognition that there isn't a place that we can stand uh, with any certainty. Really, the, the first stage of, of this um, process, we could call it, um, is sleeping. It's just an acknowledgement really that most of us are living from our unquestioned assumptions. Uh, it's, it's a conditioned state of mind. We take all of our cues, all of our social cues, all of our psychological cues from our culture. Um, and we become someone as a result of all those cues. A, a person is developed uh, in response to society and, and life and circumstance and there might be some sense of dissatisfaction and disappointment and disillusionment somewhere inside them but they're still looking out into the world uh, as a way to sort of try to resolve until something happens in our experience that causes us to question to move from that place of unquestioned assumptions to acknowledging that something in our experience needs our attention. That's, that's pretty much where most of us hang out. Uh, and, and until there's that impetus to, to, to actually investigate. So yeah, so that's sort of the, the sleeping stage. Many of us are sleepwalking until something happens which seems to dislodge things, seems to unsettle the status quo. Right, yeah. We begin to start asking questions like, what is this all about? What's the purpose of my life? Questioning 
like what is going on maybe a thirst an appetite right. for truth which is the segue right into the into the seeking component of things one of the reasons why i really felt it was important to express it in that way is because you know let's let's say there's an end to the path let's just say that this representation of the end referred to as ceasing sort of at the end of the path uh, one recognizes that one has always been the truth right and we have never not been the truth and so when that realization dawns when it settles in as an integrated uh, recognition um, you know we look upon sleeping as no one there was no sleeping occurring it was never there and yet when paradoxically when we're in that place of sleeping we think that there's someone that has to wake up and so we we set on, we set out on this journey of awakening with the goal of waking up but that's not really what happens and you know as the process unfolds as you had said that begins to demonstrate itself as being more true uh, than the search for awakening and so you 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 come back to this place where it's more like in this moment i appear to be sleeping in this moment i appear to be seeking in this moment like it's just these are the dynamic expressions or manifestations of experience as it's occurring now as it's blossoming as it's that's what's alive is whatever is here whatever's moving however consciousness is presenting itself and so the end of the path is more a complete acceptance of the whole realm of experience but it doesn't feel that way or seem that way or look that way when we're in this place that we would refer to as sleeping yes so in a way would you say that sleep how you're characterizing it here is forgotten mm -hmm. yep. awakefulness yeah absolutely the appearance of a process of forgetting there's no forgetting there's only what's here if what's here is the appearance of forgetting then that's what's here yeah, life can be anything, but typically there's the expectation, which is an appearance, that life should be a particular way. That's exactly the key right there. That's the primary, that's what's driving uh, the, the, the experience of the sleeper is, is desire, demand, expectation. Right? That's, that's, what's, that's what's present in that state. There isn't an answer to be found here. There is a recognition of why there can't be an answer. And that's really what the whole ceasing uh, stage really sort of expresses or exposes us to. But beyond language, there is a wordless reality. And that then once that's seen, then language becomes a tool. Then we can play with language. We can be like an artist in a paintbrush and, and just letting, letting life express itself uh, through language in a beautiful way. But we never mistake the words for reality. It requires us to take an interest in our own experience to discover this. And that, you know, that can be our entryway into the, the, the seeking, the, the quality of seeking, right? To, to get to that point in our own experience where, you know, there's got to be something better. Like that, that kind of an impetus towards what's, what is that? What, I got to find it, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but I've got to get it. <laughs> yeah so the acknowledgement of maybe a sense of lack or a sense of not having arrived uh, a sense of not feeling complete not feeling fulfilled satisfied to follow that invitation into 
that which may seem like the unknown, but there's a readiness at that point, right? To start seeking. Yeah, I, I say this carefully, but the ability of someone to break through the veil is dependent upon their willingness, their sincerity, the degree to which they are willing to, to look. You have to be like one of the old timey detectives on TV, you know, willing to follow the clues wherever they lead, no matter where that might be. Uh, and many of us, um, in our experience of ourselves, that, that can be a scary proposition, going back to something you had said early, earlier. It can be terrifying. Um, so there are many different ways the process of seeking can play out, an infinite myriad of, of, of ways. Um, and, and, and there can be degrees to that. You know, you might seek one way and spend years devoted to that way and then come to the realization that it didn't hold for you what you had hoped to achieve or, or whatever it might be. Um, or you might be walking down the street with this whole set of beliefs in your head and then you run into somebody and have a conversation with them over a cup of coffee and you're suddenly exposed to something that is so radically different. You know, so seeking can it, it and it can it can take place in the physical world. Um, I'm sure, you know, as a therapist, right, you know, you, you see a lot of people who are they're trying to find their answers, but they're trying to find the answers in unhealthy, unproductive ways that are really quite um, damaging uh, to the body, to the mind. Um, you know, so seeking is just it's an infinite array of an attempt to get a hold of what's elusive, what feels elusive, whatever that is or however that looks or however that comes across for someone. It's just that sense, like you'd said, that sense of lack, that sense there's got to be something. What is the thing? And so all of that lives inside this, this part of the continuum that we refer to as seeking. Mm. A desire starts to emerge, a desire for more. Something opens a willingness to look. To go from sleeping to seeking, we're often seeking in the world. So someone there in our lives who can turn us around so that we're looking here to, to draw it inward, invested in finding something here rather than out there to address that sense of lack, to find that sense of fulfillment. It has to be within this experience of oneself and nowhere else. Yeah, that seeking energy is fertile, full of potential. Mm. While it's fertile energy can soon become kind of stuck energy because the nature of seeking is that it latches on to a conclusion, latches on to something which could potentially bring whatever is sought. So we get a new car and for some time, there's like a cessation of that seeking energy. And so there's a relaxation, there's a calmness. There's a disillusionment of the need to seek. And then lo and behold, what happens, the seeking energy comes back because that thing cannot complete us. Yeah. It's not sustainable. Because yeah. it's, it's still trying to invest itself in ex the externalization of objects. And that, that, will, ne that will never satisfy. That, that ultimately anything that is invested in the externalization of objects will ultimately demonstrate itself to feel empty. So we're on to the next thing, and then the next thing, and the next thing. And, and unfortunately, the spiritual journey itself becomes commoditized just like everything else. It becomes an object just like everything else. And so that's part of what needs to be redirected or channeled 
as that opens up, as that, as that seeking quality begins to really take hold, that's when things open up into, the, into what we would call awakening. For some people, it's a big, explosive fireworks show. And for some people, it takes many, many years uh, of, of intense work. At, something happens where there's a dawning, a dawning. And so when, when, I'm, when I talk about awakening in the context of this um, particular continuum, I'm talking about it in terms of what some other teachers might refer to as a glimpse or realization or, or recognition or understanding or seeing through or piercing the veil. Or, there are a lot of different nuances to it, too. It's like it's, it doesn't look just one way. Sort of the thematic quality of it is, is a seeing through, is, is a recognition that it's sort of like, oops, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> Like it just, it, it's something breaks open and in our own direct experience, we say to ourselves, I had it wrong this whole time. <laughs> like I, I thought I understood. I don't know anything. I, I really like, I really don't know anything at all. Like nothing. I, I am that piercing is uh, it's revelatory and problematic. That's why, that's why awakening isn't the end of the continuum. Sometimes a breakthrough can look like a breakdown. But what's really happening is that the, the false structure of self is beginning to unravel. Mm -hmm. uh, everything you ever thought was true, everything you've invested yourself in, what your whole life has been about, it's all falling apart. <laughs> Once you've seen this, there's no looking back. There's no turning around and going, oh, I'm just going to go on with my life now. It doesn't work that way. It's, it is. It is. You're on the road. It's. <laughs> it's happening. You have to learn how to hold yourself within the heart of compassion. Being able to hold yourself in this place where there's an acknowledgement of, of what's happening. I, I, I really don't know what's. I really don't know anything. And 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 as I'm experiencing what that really means and, and the terror and the angst and all of this, just to hold, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know, to, to really, to, to have deep compassion for yourself as you encounter adventure of awakening. Yeah, and even though there's this urgency for that dropping of the known and, and the courage to transition into lucidity there can be the sense of i'm now moving away from all that i know oh do i want to do that like very much you know you know I, I know people who come to me that you know they're like you know what i'm looking for is that constancy of peace and it's like well then you should probably keep looking that may not be what you find here. Mm. are you willing to approach that because what you may find is uh, you, you're sacrificing yourself on the altar of truth there has to be a quality of resilience. Absolutely appropriate to have a teacher or a guide or a therapist. And, and also, I think that if you have the opportunity to work with a teacher who's also a therapist, working with someone who has one foot in each of those worlds, then I think that is a very beautiful, uh, a very, very beautiful, powerful, potent combination because you can deal with the psychological. Uh, 
issues that emerge um, while also helping continue them down the path so that things continue to open up for them. You're not all, you know, many teachers who are just non-dual teachers will dismiss the psychological implications. And many psychologists label or, you know, diagnose the, the spiritual unfolding. So, you know, I'm not saying there's either is wrong, but I'm saying that they can be limiting. And by having one foot in each world, being able to address the psychological implications and the spiritual unfolding, it's that's a very, it's a very powerful combination. That's, that is the most useful kind of guide you can have, I think, mm. when you're going through all of this turmoil. Yes, absolutely. And this is what I see in my work as a therapist, both honoring the pain of being human and providing a safe, accepting space for that pain to unravel. Not medicating it, not trying to get rid of it, simply to explore the nature of all that arises in that shared presence. Mm. You know, on one hand, here I am meeting you where you are in whatever it is that you need. And on the other hand, mm. I know who you are. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing, there's nothing to be concerned about. Who you fundamentally are is untouchable. Absolutely. Through awakening, there may still be some distancing. There might still be some avoidance. There might still be a lot of psychological stuff that we don't want to, we don't want to tend. But as that process continues to unfold, it's sort of the a recognition that, well, you know, if, if I really want this thing called peace, I'm going to have to face myself in ever deeper ways. And, and, so the, the, the theme of compassion emerges as to face what I need to face, to do what I need to do, to, to, to engage completely in this process. And I think that's really what the deepening process is about, is, is, is the willingness to, to go beyond awakening, to, to say that's great, but there's, there's a process of integration that has to occur. Uh, you know, the, even in awakening, people can still feel like, you know, I don't have it. I still don't get it. I, you know, I'm, it comes, it goes, it's gone. It's, you know, so being willing to acknowledge that there's still a lot of stuff happening here. There's more, there's more, there's not, it's not just seeing through the concepts. There's more, there's, there's, there's got to be a full surrendered, uh, expression of, of heartfelt compassion and attention and acknowledgement of the whole human experience. Yeah. There are often quite deeply embedded patterns of conditioning. And likewise, there can be this shifting from I am the body mind, and the body mind that I am is the subject of experience to the realization I am not the body mind, I am awareness. Mm -hmm. Awareness is the subject, <laughs> and this has been called enlightened duality. There still remains this belief in a subject and object divide. Okay, so we've shifted out of identification with the mind, the body, and have redefined our identity as awareness. Yeah, that, that willingness to be human, to not just stop at I am awareness, awareness alone, and that's the end of the journey. But to say, awareness is aware of, and it's not distinct. There's no distinction there. 
you know, let's, let's acknowledge the human experience for what it is. But that's all part of the, the deepening process. Mm. And this is, this is not uncommon um, for people to go, I am awareness, I am awareness alone, and now you have a new identity. I am awareness, I am awareness alone. That's, that's great. I am awareness, I am awareness alone. Okay. And so what? <laughs> like, to me, that's such an important part of the conversation in this deepening state. You're not going to be able to escape the human experience, no matter how aware your awareness is. Anything can arise here. Life is infinite possibility, like you are that. And within you can be manifested anything, any feeling, any thought, any experience, any scenario. That does not cease when the, the sense of all that stuff being me ceases. But what ceases is the sense that I am limited to, defined and restricted by the transient experiences. Which, which really does, it is, that, it is that quality of ceasing now. And there, there are a couple of dimensions. You know, one, one of the dimensions that I focus on with a lot of people is the dimension of, of, again, going into this place of I don't know. Complete acceptance of, 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 of not being able to, to know. Because if you know it, if you know it, if you have a concrete concept in mind about what the truth is, whether it's this or that or some other thing, you only know it with the mind, you only know it in language, and language itself is is um, is completely made up, and so whatever you ha whatever answer you have is completely made up. If you if you come to terms with the fact that there is no answer, then you can then then the the quality of seeking has dissipated. The flame has gone out, so to speak. And the other quality of it that's equally as important is that the only thing I can do is bring love to each and every moment. All I can do is be, is to acknowledge what is here now in the most compassionate way possible. And, and it goes even further than that into this place where, you know, whether there's the absence of compassion, the presence of compassion, the absence of love, the presence of love, whatever it is that may appear, whatever it is that may not appear, it's all part and parcel. And now I don't have to, I don't have to chase love. I don't have to be compassionate. I don't have to. Now it's just, there's whatever's here, whatever's here, whatever's here, always, whatever's here, whatever's here. And so that's where the path opens up into being a continuum. Because now whatever's here can include all the previous places that we were. They're all allowed to be here. And it's, you know, you're not, you're not at war anymore with yourself or in conflict with yourself. And even if you are at war, even if you are at conflict, if that's what's here, that's what's here. You don't have to defend an image. Like, I was seeking reality. I was seeking that, that thing that was real. I was seeking truth. And then the realization that reality is all there is. Even the appearance of unreality is reality so truth is all there is even the appearance of untruth is truth what can you do other than be and you don't need to try and do that being and within that being things seem to get done and that's all cool <laughs> you can't help but be 
that's that's you know i mean that's the bottom line you can't help it you are you are it it's there's nothing there's nothing to do or find or anything like that but for as long as we believe there is then do it i mean <laughs> you know it's you can't get it wrong that's something that i really spend a lot of time trying to help people understand you really cannot get this wrong you really can't get it wrong it's it's like um the 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 necessary movements of consciousness as it unfolds itself and expresses itself and it exposes itself to itself it it, it presents itself in, in in infinite form and variety and it's all just interacting with itself and you don't need to be any one way just be whatever it is whatever's here you can't help it and you can't get it wrong